Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the wonderful places that they overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Today is Tuesday, September 15th. My white rose bush is so beautiful. It's just growing like crazy. I'm just so happy with it. Maybe I'll have to give you guys yet another photo of it. Are you tired of looking at my white rose bush? Ha! I don't care. <laughs> Let's see here. I'll take a picture of the garden this way. Okay. I might not show off the white rose bush, but at least it's a little bit different view for you. The uh, crab apples on the crab apple tree are also this beautiful, deep, glowing red burgundy um, yesterday i mentioned them to david and i accidentally called them cranberries which was a funny slip uh, but they do look like cranberries they look like the cranberry christmas ornaments that i have that are sort of like these frosted faux cranberries probably don't look anything like any real cranberry branch ever looked do you guys know that cranberries grow in bogs? You New Englanders probably know that. I did not know that until I listened to the uh, Dar Williams song. When she talks about hunting down the pederast in the cranberry bog. <laughs> it's a good song. I'll try to remember the link to it. We'll see how I do. I can't think of it. The title right now. And you don't touch my children. That's how it goes. Let's see. It's about women hunting down the guy. But cranberry bog, huh? I mean, that would be an interesting place to see. Probably it's one of those places that you don't actually want to see so much as... Um, I don't know. Probably there's not much to see, right? Isabel's, oh, she's hunting the fish. Mm. We should go tell David that Isabel's hunting the fish. She came out here into the secret garden with me. And David has goldfish in the pond. Tell him about this. See, I think this just lends credence to Team the Bobcat. You guys can hear me calling David on my podcast. It's like cats in New Mexico weather. But a cat and husband wrangling. Okay, I paused instead so you guys didn't have to listen to us have a dumb conversation about how cute the cat is hunting for the fish. But I took some pictures of Isabel goldfish hunting. We'll save the beautiful white rosebush for another day. <laughs> so many days to show you how pretty my white rosebush is. <clears throat> So let's see here. What all do I have to tell you guys? I don't know that I have much to tell you. Um, yesterday, as I was podcasting, I talked about emailing Kareen to put on that sale. And that ended up being a great sale yesterday. Um, you know, sometimes you do a sale and you don't get much from it. And it's like, eh. But I got um, 
not a, over a hundred sales yesterday, um, which was a significant increase over what I had been getting on a regular basis. So that was really nice, and we'll see how uh, see how it continues to go, and then we'll um, put them back up. But I'll probably leave the books on sale for at least today. It was nice because it prompted a lot of people to tell me how much they love Mark of the Tala and Twelve Kingdoms and those books. So that's always nice to hear, isn't it? And it's funny, there's this one person, this book reviewer, who always has to comment on how the Mark of the Tala could have been as good as a Sarah J. Moss book, but isn't. <laughs> and she, she hasn't said it once, not twice, but repeatedly. It's like whenever the Mark of the Tala comes up, she says how much she loves the book, and then mentions how it didn't do as well as Sarah J. Moss. And it's like, I, I just don't quite understand the motivation there. But <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I would have liked for my books to sell as well as Sarah J. Moss too, but I'm not Sarah J. Moss and don't have any intention of attempting to be Sarah J. Moss. So I write my books and she writes hers and it would be great if we could all sell books and live happily ever after, right? That's just kind of bizarre. So anyway, thank you all for participating in the sale. If you haven't yet, you still can. So I, I won't take it down today for sure. We'll see how long Kensington leaves Mark the Tall at $1.99. I'll probably keep it like that for a little while. Especially since um, I'm going to do this next generation spinoff. I'm actually feeling excited about this idea. I'm, I'm feeling that spark starting to grow. So I'll be ready to start writing that next week, which I'm sure will come as a relief to my uh, sister anthology mates. Uh, Leslie Penelope has been very carefully not saying to me that I'm making her nervous by not having my story written yet. But... It's because she has such confidence in me. <laughs> but yeah, Dark Wizard, getting close to done. I'm at 85,000 words. I got 3,000 yesterday. It flowed better yesterday. It could have been I was just more rested. It makes a big difference. I'm starting to... Well, you know, it's always a question of, of not thinking, right? Don't think me. And I'm trying to not... Um, overthink this ending there's a lot of things that I feel like I need to still get in there that I'm obviously not going to and I have to remember that this is the first book in a longer arc and I do think that you know something that we talk about a lot is not to save your silver bullet which is if you have a great idea for something you don't save it for the perfect book or you don't save it for the next book you go ahead and use it and Dorinda and I were talking about that not long ago. It, it's a temptation because you keep thinking, oh, but this is such a cool thing. I need to save it. And it never works. Well, it doesn't. It's not that it never works to save it. It's You don't have to save it because you're always going to have more ideas. Uh, but in this case, there's no way I can cram 
everything into this one book. So there are some things that are going to have to wait. There are definitely some scenes and some moments that I'm going to have to make wait. Um, I think I know where this story will end, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think I know what it'll be, but, um, yeah, it's a question of what all I'm cramming in. And also, I need to keep in mind that I'm not going for a final version right now. I'm going to let it rest, as I mentioned previously. It sure is beautiful out in the garden. A little bit of a cool breeze. I've got my light jacket on. A light jacket. Perfect date. And uh, blue skies, no smoke in the sky today. I haven't looked at the smoke map, but it sure looks like we've got a good blue. And what else? What else is going on? Let's see. Yesterday was just a good day. It felt more relaxed. I think because I got some of those things off my list over the weekend. It's funny, sometimes... I can get a lot of business done and still feel like there's a ton, ton of business still to do. And, and a lot of it is recurring tasks, you know, and managing recurring tasks is just a challenge in any work life, right? You know, that there's the bills to pay each month and there are the, the royalties to crunch each month. Um, I might start doing things on a more rolling basis. I've been thinking about this since, you know, doing the things once a month is kind of an externally imposed schedule that's really synced up with the fact that most people get paid once a month. And while I do get paid monthly by a lot of the retailers, it's on different dates. It's scattered throughout the month. And of course, bills come in at various times during the month. And I've long been in the habit of saving everything for the end of the month and then paying it all out. And I'm thinking about going to this more rolling schedule, which I'm not sure how I'm going to do that on my spreadsheets. I might have to make a new spreadsheet, oh my God. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but just pay the bills as they come in with the money as it comes in and stop worrying about doing things on this monthly cycle. Some of that begs the question of, would I pay contributors as the money comes in? And I don't know, maybe I would, or maybe once it reaches a certain level, once it's monthly. You know, because I'm sending people money on PayPal, it's really, you know, pretty... I guess I need to ask them if they're getting charged a fee. That would be a good question. But otherwise, you know, it's like, why not just send it regularly? That might help there being like such a steep end of month uh, stack, which lately has been, it seems like taking me two weeks to work through, which is, that might, that's probably my fault in the way I've been arranging things. But you're being wildcat, aren't you? She's perched on that same piece of driftwood giving me the look like she's queen of the garden which she is <laughs> almost fell in the pond didn't we yeah she says she meant to do that 
Now she's going to go exploring more. That's a good kitty. So, so yeah, that's one of the things I've been contemplating. Something I've been thinking about for a long time is how does a full-time writer organize their finances when that is all the money that you are living on? Because if you're trad published, you get paid like twice a year. Um, and unless you're making Sarah J. Moss money, <laughs> that does not last for six months. Uh, maybe someone with, uh, yeah, I don't know. At least the money I'm making does not last for six months. So the self-publishing money that comes in monthly um, makes a big difference. And then there's also, I also get paid quarterly <laughs> by some presses. So, you know, it's, um, and you never know how much it's going to be. It's always fluctuating. So, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at is thinking about how to smooth out the business end of things. You know, it was occurring to me yesterday as, or at the last couple of days as I was setting up all these pre-order links for Under a Winter Sky and doing some, then doing the stuff on the sale and everything, you know, that, that that's me with my publisher hat on. And more and more I am, as I organize these anthologies, acting as a publisher and I know that some people um, take a percentage for acting as publisher. And I'm kind of considering that maybe I should be doing that. I don't know. Um, you know, a small percentage. You know, like that I keep 5% or something like that for myself. Just for doing all this work. And also for contributing Corrine's assistance. I mean, she's assisting me, so I pay her and I don't pass along that charge, but it is money that I'm paying out. So I'm sort of um, noodling how to do those things. One gal I know sort of, or I know that there are people who organize these anthologies as an actual business enterprise, and they, some of them take very large cuts, like as much as 50%, 5-0. Um, and I know one gal who takes like 15, which seems like a lot to me, more than I would pay. But I'm thinking, you know, like something like 2% or 5%, something like that. But yesterday was good. Yesterday I got the, the 3,000 words by early afternoon and, um, and then did a few more businessy things, but it didn't take me all afternoon and I didn't feel exhausted at the end. So that's that's looking up. I would just like to get it so that I'm only doing a few hours of business in the afternoon, you know. Make it a little bit less of a <clears throat> long day. Some of that just might be waxing and waning with how I feel, though. I'm feeling more energetic this week, probably because we don't have so much smoke. I know my mom in Tucson was saying that she really had a, her sinuses were bothering her, and I think it's the smoke. Boy, those people living in the zones where, like, the air quality is dark purple <laughs> on the map. It's like, ugh, yeah, we're not going to complain. So I'm going to go get to it. Um, I hope you all have a fantastic Tuesday. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care.
Bye-bye.